similar to what I've just mentioned, I think it would have to be spending time in areas of the business that don't directly move the business forward. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, that one sentence, if it's an activity that doesn't move the business forward, it shouldn't be done. You should have somebody else do it. You can pay people a very, very small fee for them to do it. They will do it incredibly efficiently. It doesn't take your mental bandwidth. You can spend that effort, that energy you have per day, because I think we have a limited amount of energy, which we can direct towards the business each day. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be directed towards areas that move the business forward. Otherwise, the business gradually over time naturally moves backwards. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Have you guys ever had a prospect tell you yes, but then disappear off the face of the earth? Or maybe you've given someone on your team very clear instructions just to find out that they actually did the opposite. I know that I've struggled with these challenges more than I would like to admit. And I really wanted to learn a better way to read my customers, my team, and the most important people in my life so that I could communicate with them more effectively. And the most powerful way that I found to do this is to learn to read body language and micro-expressions. You see, their body and expressions will tell you the truth about how they really feel, even when their words do not. It's an incredibly powerful skill to learn and one that I want you to learn. And that's why I partnered with the leaders in body language training for business people to offer you a free six-week e-course on body language and micro-expressions. In this free course, you'll learn what micro-expressions are, why are they so powerful, how to spot them, and then how to read them. You'll learn how to make accurate readings, which is so important. You'll learn body language with a big focus on positive body language to understand when things are going really well. You'll learn how to read minds in real time and actually see a demonstration of this. And maybe most importantly, you'll learn how to spot lies and so much more. These folks have trained over 50,000 business leaders and the work has been published in the Harvard Business Review. The concepts have been proven to boost EQ by 10% and sales by 20%. So this is really powerful stuff, guys, that you'll definitely want to check out. So you can sign up for your free six-week e-course at bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. Again, that's bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. And make sure you guys go check that out to ensure that you're never left wondering what happened to that sale or why your team member did the opposite of what you expected them to. What's up, guys? Today, I got to interview John Paragon. John started, grew, and sold Paragon Trading, which he developed from a small investment into a seven-figure company where he traded over $200 million for his clients. Today, he leads Paragon Consulting, where he helps entrepreneurs build their own companies with a big focus on his three Cs, connecting, communicating, and closing. So we discussed John's entrepreneurial journey and how he built Paragon from the ground up, as well as some of the challenges he had in leading Paragon um, through such tremendous growth. We talked about his keys to business success and his really unique strategy for finding, training, and communicating with the very best virtual assistants. So John is not at all about the hype, 
but he's about what really works and he shares a number of powerful tips. So check it out. John, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Hey, Greg, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. For sure, for sure. Now, you've had quite the entrepreneurial journey, and I want to kind of dive into what you've learned from that along the way, and especially what we can pull from it from a communication perspective. But I'd love to just hear a bit about how you got started on it in the first place. Um, so rewinding back a few years back to, I think it was November the 27th, 2015 was my last day in a typical nine to five. Although I don't think many nine to fives exist anymore. I think the typical uh, working day is about seven to seven. You're pretty fortunate if you manage to get a nine to five. <laughs> so, so yeah, rewinding back a, a few years ago, I actually worked as a new car salesman. I did that for a year and I eventually left the job and then decided I was in a position where I wanted to take control of my own finances, my future. So I wanted to step into the business world. My young, naive self, I decided to step into the network marketing space. So I, uh, I tried a few different things over, over a few years, learned lots of lessons, learned some incredibly important skills too, which I still use to this day. And it wasn't until, I'm going to go with three or four years ago, where things started to, to really come together. Um, it was about three years ago I started what eventually evolved into being my biggest project ever. And I never had the intention of it being as big as it did. It was only meant to be something pretty tiny. And that turned out to be the thing that I'm, I guess I'm most well known for and has been my biggest success so far, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's, it's been a very strange journey. I don't know how it compares to other people's. There's been lots of ups and downs, mm -hmm. a lot more downs than I'd like there to be, uncomfortable amount. So it's been a rough ride. But I think in every every painful experience, there's a big lesson to learn. And one of my important uh, skills, the way I'm wired, is I have to learn from every situation, good or bad. So there's been a lot of lessons along the way. Now, you mentioned about the, the biggest project you're working on now. Is that the Side Hustle Mastery Program? No. So just so I've recently stepped in. Well, I said recently. It's been, it's been a little while now. So stepping into the coaching mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. this. About six months ago, I actually sold the majority of my company, which was eventually evolved into a software development company. Now, believe it or not, I have zero software development experience. So it's quite interesting that you managed to get to that point. But it basically started off as a very small group of me and a few friends that had experience with a few different trading platforms. So we, we had a fascination for cryptocurrencies and we wanted to trade cryptocurrencies, but there's a lot of things to avoid in the crypto space. So we wanted to do it on our own. We wanted to control our own funds, our own assets. But we know it takes, it can take anywhere from three, five, 10 years to learn to do it effectively. So what we decided to do was to hire a professional trader, someone who already has his own client base. He already places his own personal trades. And when he places them, we wanted him to send that information to us to tell us what to buy, when to buy, and when to sell it, which we did. $2,000 it cost per month. We paid this this trader. Uh, so between the five of us, it was $400 each. We did this for a little while. And there are a few more people that wanted to join the group. We were happy to do so because it meant our costs were dropped. So we had 10 people in the group, $200 each. So it worked out pretty nicely. But I saw more and more people wanted to join this group because we were onto something pretty cool. We, we were getting some pretty decent results. So we had 20 people, then 30 people. And at which point we decided we wanted to hire a second trader and a third trader. Well, at this point, I saw an opportunity it was becoming complicated to manage all of the traders, all of the money coming in, making sure everyone's paid their share and then having to chase people up. So I decided to make a product out of this. So I paid someone to put together a membership site. 
And I simply charged everyone who wanted to be involved $97 per month. And my business model at the time, you know, I I, I didn't have great experience with business up until this point. I'd done okay. I'd, I'd made some good money, but not on a project like this. So I decided 75% of the money that comes into the pot, into the business, would go back out to hire more traders. The other 25% would be for later became development of new features. And we eventually implemented some automation. And it reached a point where we had 15 active traders mm. working for us. And we had almost a thousand clients working with us too. And we ended up trading over $200 million over the space of three years. And we made wow. tens of millions of dollars for, for our clients, which was pretty awesome. And this all started with just me and four friends in a messenger group. So it, awesome. it grew to be very large, but we then started creating uh, technology for other crypto systems, exchanges, trading platforms, algorithms, and things like that. So it grew pretty big. It evolved a lot. Uh, the business pivoted many times based on what people were wanting to see. And I just made sure that's where the money was spent. I didn't take a penny out of the business for the first 18 months as well. So what are you transitioning to now? So now I do lots of different uh, variations of coaching. So I work one-to-one with people. I do some group coaching and some modular coaching. I have specialized in helping my typical client is is a male who has struggled with various things. So either they're in a typical nine to five and they are looking for an option to get out or they are in a nine to five. They already have a business as well and they are struggling in some way. They're just trying to get the traction that it took me many years to figure out a way to move forward. They're in some kind of area where they're just not seeing the results they know they should be and they mm-hmm. see other people running similar models and they are getting the results. I kind of jump in tell them what they're doing wrong, what they are doing right. We tweak, we tweak the business and, and ultimately make sure it makes good money. What do you think that secret is that allowed you to kind of turn it on all of a sudden and that you teach your, your, your clients to just turn on? I think I'm just, I think we're all very wide in different ways and I'm wide in a way where I see, I see opportunities and I see things that are broken. Every building I walk into, if I walk into a business, even a restaurant or McDonald's or a car showroom, I automatically look for things that can be tweaked or improved, mm-hmm. even just their simple marketing or how the staff perform. It's just, it's kind of what my brain does. It just works in that way. So it's easier for me to work with clients and see from a different perspective as well. It's always easier to see the issues within someone else's business in your own. You're kind of blinded to a certain extent if you are mm-hmm. struggling in certain areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can hire a coach today and within an hour, they can find a few different things that I, that I could do differently and do better. But for me, in my own business, I'll be blinded to certain areas. I'll be mm-hmm. the first to admit this. The richest people in the world have their own coaches. The richest man in the world has his own business coach. So having a different perspective is an amazing thing. You know, you can achieve a lot from this. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious as you as you're working with your clients and you're telling them, not not in these words, right? But you're doing this wrong. You should do it differently. <laughs> How do you go about communicating that in a way that motivates them to want to make that change? Right. It's, it's a, obviously it's a sharp edge. Yeah, I, I don't use th- that specific language. Um, <laughs> so I will basically guide them down a path that I know works. So I will teach them the fundamentals of how to make money. Uh, sometimes it's surprisingly simple for them. They think that's a little bit too simple. Uh, that is that really going to work? Because we seem to have, over the last five or so years, how social media has, has evolved. We see lots of people using these fancy gimmicks and these amazing strategies and these blueprints and these systems that, uh, giving us the expectation to be able to 10x our income over the space of no time at all. Mm-hmm. 
So I see lots of my clients are trying lots of different things. And because they're trying them for a short while and realizing they're not working, they get a little bit frustrated because they've tried so many different things and they've not got the results they're aiming for. And I kind of tell them, take all of that away, scrap it all. You are spinning too many plates. It's never going to work when you're spinning so many plates. Let's go back to the basics. Let's get the fundamentals. Let's make some money with that. Then we can move on to the systems and processes and automation that will allow you to multiply the income you're making. You don't need any of these fancy gimmicks and systems until you you can actually make money on your own Mm -hmm. in a predictable, manageable, uh, and scalable way. Absolutely. So I'm curious why you made the shift. It sounds like you had a pretty successful business going on and then you sold it and shifted to coaching. What, 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 What was the impetus of that? I kind of got to a point in the business where I kind of almost thought like I'd taken it about as far as I could without needing a business partner or to sell the company. You know, I, it was my baby or it still is my baby to a certain extent. And I want to see the best come from that particular project. But I know there are other people who already have experience in those areas. They may have 10, 20, 30 years experience in those areas and they can take it to incredible levels. I just got myself in a place over the space of six months. And I thought about the idea for a while of bringing someone in as a, as a partner, kind of just to take some of the weight off my shoulders and give some clarity in and get them to kind of take the business to the next level. But a few conversations happened. And after a few conversations with different people, there was an opportunity for me to sell the majority of the company and then reassess the remainder in, in six to 12 months uh, and after speaking about that, it seemed like a fantastic opportunity for me to take. I, I couldn't really say no. It just worked for me. It ticked all of the boxes. And I've kind of done coaching accidentally over the last few years, you know, just giving friends and family tips on, mm-hmm. on the pieces that I know. And I've seen them do incredibly well for it with it. And it took me a long time to realize I actually really enjoy that part because mm-hmm. It's like my brain steps up a gear. As soon as someone wants to talk about marketing or lead generation or making money or business or whatever it may be, it's like that's my favorite topic. And I almost can't stop. You may have noticed already, I go off on a bit of a tangent. I just get excited (laughs) when that's the topic of discussion. So I've done it over the years and I actually really enjoy it. So I decided to transition into this. I'm fortunate enough that I've built a reasonably large network over the years. So when I did transition to coaching, there were a good group of clients that came to me or people that came to me and said, John, I've seen what you've built over the last three years. I want a piece of that. Now you're doing coaching. How can I build something similar or how can I take my current business and take it to a level that you've achieved, which was fantastic because, you know, I thought I've, I was definitely onto something when I started the coaching and I had almost an influx of people that said, John, let me in, let me in. So, so that was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Going back to the company that you built that grew so quickly, I find often working with entrepreneurs, sometimes growing is harder than, you know, starting. And I'm thinking about from a communication perspective, right? You have all these different stakeholders, all these new members, all these new traders, all these different business partners. How did you manage that process from a communication perspective to to succeed? One of the biggest things that had to happen for me, and I don't know how it happened or why, but I think I got to a point where I realized I cannot do everything. Mm -hmm. So for a very long time in the various businesses I did before, I figured the best way for me to make money was to save as much as possible. So I would build my own websites. I'd do my own Facebook ads. I would do my own marketing. I'd do my own custom service. I'd do my own lead generation. I did everything and it became, you know, I needed 25 hours every single day. It just wasn't manageable. And I found myself a lot of the time sitting at the computer, 
plodding along, doing what I can, hustling, grinding, whatever you want to call it, and wasn't making any real traction. And I'd seen people many times before saying, if it's an area of the business you don't enjoy or it's not your area of expertise, then outsource it to someone else. Mm -hmm. But I instantly heard that's just another expense and I'm already struggling. Why would I add another expense? Mm -hmm. But when I knew I needed to build a membership, membership site, I was forced to hire somebody else for it because I knew it was above my, uh, my skill level. Then we moved on to the automation. And up until this point before we implemented the automation, which took about 18 months, I managed the rest of the areas myself, the customer service, the bits of marketing that I did. But over time, I basically had someone that looked after every single area of the business. So I had someone who did, I had multiple people who did the customer service. I had people that helped within the community to keep the community going. I had multiple, at least one person who was testing various traders. So even though we had uh, 22 traders at one point, we had, I think we tested over 116 just to find the best of the best. So I had people mm -hmm. testing that, measuring the statistics from them all. I then eventually hired a team to create all of the software and the automation and that grew from there. So I've realized I need someone to look after the area. So if I don't enjoy a particular area or it's, kind of wasting my time to a certain extent it isn't a revenue generating activity if it doesn't directly make me money i let somebody else do it because usually i can pay them a small fee and then i can focus on the areas of the business that make the most money because we are running a business at the end of the day or focusing on my clients of course so i can focus on the areas that make the most money and then that allows the business to grow and with that money i can then contribute and you know there's lots of things i can do with it what are some of the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs making that you're working with and coaching today? I know you already kind of touched on the one where they're trying all these new gimmicky things and just spinning around in way too many focus areas at once. So similar to what I've just mentioned, I think it would have to be spending time in areas of the business that don't directly move the business forward. Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, that one sentence, if it's an activity that doesn't move the business forward, it shouldn't be done. You should have somebody else do it. You can pay people a very, very small fee for them to do it. They will do it incredibly efficiently. It doesn't take your mental bandwidth. You can spend that effort, that energy you have per day, because I think we have a limited amount of energy, which we can direct towards the business each day. Mm -hmm. And I think that should be directed towards areas that move the business forward. Otherwise, the business gradually over time naturally moves backwards. And do you find that you have to coach them up on on sometimes how to communicate with those folks that they're hiring, right? Especially if you're working with VAs and such. It's it's an art and a science to communicate the appropriate way to do things without it being a time suck. It is, yeah. So it is incredibly tricky. Um, I wish it wasn't that tricky. That is a job in its in itself, trying to find the right team. Yeah. Um, and I've I've had many many different people over the years, multiple VAs. You know, I, I can't even count how many VAs I've had, but. Over time, I've come to find the best ones. And you need to figure out what kind of people you want to work with. And there are lots of different personality tests you can do online. Now, I keep telling myself I should do this, but I've not done it yet. And basically ask your VAs to uh, complete a personality test that will give you an idea or a score in different areas to show you what they are good at. Interesting. I'll give you uh, an idea. For example, my uh, podcast VA He's absolutely amazing. He goes out there and finds shows for me to jump on. And if there's a problem, an issue, anything complicated, he will not present it to me until he's already come up with a potential solution. For me, that's an absolute game changer because I don't want an army of people presenting problems to me because they, I then spend, you know, it's a full-time job, me having to go around putting out fires and finding solutions for them. So mm -hmm. I tell people now, 
don't present me a problem until you've at least come up with two potential solutions for it. And I will hear those solutions and I'll either say, yes, do this one, or I'll tweak it slightly and, and give an alternative suggestion. And that makes it incredibly easy for me. But finding the right people I need, they have to have that kind of mindset. They have to have the mindset of running their own business rather than the employee mentality. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. I'm a big proponent of personality of understanding your own personality, self-awareness. I don't want to necessarily say personality tests. They're part of the picture for sure. Yeah. But I've never thought about applying it to my relationship with my VA or in the process of interviewing VAs. That's a really interesting concept. Cool. Now, you the other way to do it is just trial and error. You can hire a bunch of VAs. Um, so I've done it in the past where I've hired four VAs with the intention of, of removing at least two. Um, so you break it down to two. So you now have two left and you go and hire two more VAs. You have some system in place where you can measure their performance over the space of 30 to 60 days. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the 60 days, you fire the worst two again. And you just repeat that cycle over time. And gradually, you will end up with the best of the best VAs you can find. As long as you are constantly uh, cycling through and, and taking on new VAs. It's like running a football team, I guess. You know, you, you buy new players or you have your youth academy and you introduce people into the first team. You test them. The ones that don't work, they get benched. And you keep cycling players uh, to figure out which ones are the best. And if they don't work out, they are removed or sold to another company. It seems pretty ruthless, but these guys can, within an hour, find a new client. So it's not like they are, they're unable to feed themselves. It just doesn't work out. You know, you don't do it in this savage way where you say, thanks, have a good day. You say, you know, this isn't working out. And you make it clear in the beginning, this is working on a trial basis anyway. So it works out pretty cool. That is one way to do it. And that is the main way I have done it in the past and not done the personality test. I should probably incorporate the two. That would make it much more efficient. You mentioned the podcast. So tell me a little bit about the focus of the podcast. So, so I don't have my own podcast. I will have very soon, although I do keep saying very soon and then still not setting up yes. my podcast. So I have all of the basics for it. Um, there are a few things that take priority at the moment. So I do uh, I do guest appear on, on, on various shows and do presentations in various groups for people as a guest expert for my particular niche, uh, usually for coaching or lead generation. So I do things like that. So I hire uh, one person who, who finds appropriate shows for me to jump on and it handles, as you will know, handles all, all of the work that's required with that. And it saves me a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of emailing and uh, lots of pieces so I can then focus on the important parts. Absolutely. And this is the best part, obviously. You know, I actually get to do the show. That is, that is the favorite part. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know you were, You mentioned before that you work a lot with the kind of middle-aged men, if you will, right? Most of them are fathers and have families. Yep. I know that's a big challenge is trying to find time to be connected with your family when you're also trying to, you know, start a raise or build a company. It's really hard to find the balance between those two things. So I'm curious if you have thoughts on how we can do that a bit more effectively. So in my experience for myself and with a very large portion of my clients is the men have adopted a role as the man of the house that is their number one priority above all else to make sure the bills are paid, the children are fed, there's a roof over their heads. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we may abandon time with our families, playing games, doing the things that we, we may not consider a massive priority to go and focus on the business to make sure the money is coming in. We, we kind of, I've seen it happen many times. We have forced ourselves into that role and I've done it many, many times myself. Um, 
I see it happen often. It, you know, it's it's painful to watch and it's it's hard to get through to people. They have to find a good balance, and it does it does work out for the business in the end. One of my biggest struggles was when I was working, when I'm sat at the computer, I'm on phone calls, and kind of beat myself up to a certain extent because I'm not spending time with the family, and I feel like I should be spending time with the family, and then reverse that when I'm spending time with the family I'm kind of beating myself up because I'm not moving the business forward I'm not hustling I'm not working hard and all of my competitors and and other coaches or other business owners they're all out there doing 16 hours per day and I'm sat playing around with my kids or I'm in the park and we're walking the dog or we're playing ball or we're racing I do a lot of racing myself and I take my daughter racing too you know I'll be doing that thinking you know I could be working now I should be I should be making money or I could be helping my clients and I'm worried if I, if I don't jump on a call, is it going to cause any issues? And just kind of having that mindset is, is a little bit tricky. So you have to accept work time is work time and then family time is family time, but find a good balance. For me, typically, I get the vast majority of my work done. Uh, anything related to the business, I, I do within about a three-hour window. As long as there are no distractions, the phone's off, you understand what your tasks are for the day. And I'll tell you more about that in a second. As long as you know what your tasks are for the day, you can sit down, get them done. And once they are done, then you can carry on with the rest of the day, spend spend time with the family. So for me, assuming COVID isn't an issue and the world is running perfectly fine, uh, I take I take my two children to school in the morning. So my little boy's at school for 9 a.m. I'm home for about five past nine. I'll sit down at the computer. I already know what I need to do for the day. I complete those tasks and I normally spend about three hours. So it gets to about 12 o'clock, half past 12. And then I have my lunch. Once I've had my lunch, there's about a one and a half hour window before I have to go pick up my boy uh, from school. And once my boy's home from school, then that's it. It, It's family time from there. I may send the occasional email. I may have the occasional phone call. I may have the occasional podcast to jump on. But 95% of my business has been done in that uh, that three-hour window. And that's the way I like it. That's a very, very good balance for me that works for me. Yeah, now that's beautiful. I think we all aspire to get to a place like that. Indeed. (laughs) But I certainly struggle with, with both the challenge of finding time for the family, but then feeling guilty either way, right? I struggle with that as well. It's like you, you never feel like you're doing what you should be doing. And you always feel like you should be doing the other thing no matter what that is. So that's pretty funny. But just a few more questions I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. So the first is I really believe in the power of conversation. The thought that one conversation could really change the path that you take in life. So I always like to ask my guests if there's one conversation you can point to that had a really meaningful impact on you. I mean, I've had conversations with my dad in the past, and my dad's probably been the main person to believe I can build something from the skills that I have. My dad always had a bit of an entrepreneur spirit, but never actually actioned it. He's always worked his typical nine to five, and he worked incredibly hard at it. He's almost like a different person once he goes to work. He just gets in the zone, knows what he needs to do, and he's, he's very proud of the work that he does. And we've had conversations in the past about me being the one who's actually going to go and achieve something which at a young age put an incredible amount of pressure on me. And I learned a lot of things, what not to do at a young age. You know, my, my, when I was incredibly young, my, uh, I, I built websites for people. I maintained them. I built them. I, I made a good little bit of pocket money. I couldn't do it these days because people have so much more skill than, than I do. I just did the basics. But my parents kind of pushed me down the path where they wanted me to do that. And I automatically rebelled and went, no, that's that's not for me. I, I That's not what I want to do. I don't enjoy it enough to do that. So we've had lots of conversations over the years. When you was asking that question, then one thing that kind of sprung to mind, maybe it's not as deep as I'd like it to be, but 
one conversation that popped into my head and it's basically a, a strategy or a, or a trick of sorts that I use very, very often. And I was on, it was a coach of mine, someone I hired for copywriting. And he basically said, write on a, a sticky note and stick it to your to your desktop, to your, to your screen now and basically say, what am I split testing today? And the logic behind that was split test everything, test everything, analyze everything, as much data as you can. The best way for you to grow the business is to have as much data as you can because you can see patterns in there. You can see where you are growing. You can see where you are falling behind. But everything now, so I split test websites, I split test teams, you know, the employees, I split test the VAs, which is what I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. when you hire four and you remove two and then hire another two. Emails, you know, I split test everything. For me, that changed a lot. That was incredibly valuable. And at first, I didn't think it was going to make that much difference. But the compound effect of just being 1% of extra efficiency each month, compound that over 12 months is, is a huge difference. So that was a conversation that sprung to mind when you asked that question. That's a great thought. Split test everything. Um, everything. Even the things you wouldn't necessarily think about split testing, like VA. So that is, I think that's a great approach. So second question for you, as you think about all that you've accomplished, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance that would have made it a lot easier for you, what would that have been? Does copywriting count? And the reason I ask sure. that is because at a young young age, and even still to this day, to a certain extent, I, more so when I was younger, I despised writing anything at school, uh, during English lessons, any any kind of lesson really where we had to write. I, I really, really detested it. Get me a computer, it's fine, because I can type reasonably fast, or I could at a young age anyway, but anything I had to write, I hated. And I kind of grew up over the years not enjoying copy so much, but because of the businesses that I've done, there's had to be lots of time spent on social media, writing posts, promotional stuff, uh, story content, and things like that. Over the years, I have naturally become better at it. I am far from being a professional copywriter, but I understand the basics, and I can see a professional copywriter write something, And I can kind of see what they are doing in there. I can see how they've worded things. And that's been incredibly valuable. It's almost like when you start learning another language and you can hear people when they're talking it and you're just learning, you can take out pieces from it. You can kind of understand it, but you can't speak it yourself. When I'm I'm watching the professional copywriters now, I can't write how they do, but when I see them write, I can understand exactly what they're doing. And I'm like, ah, that's pretty clever. Well, it's been, it's become an incredibly valuable skill for the type of business that I do. You know, I help my clients with their copy too, uh, the copy on the funnels, the websites, the emails, even even just day-to-day posts. I'll write a post and it's just a picture of me and my daughter, you know, she's falling asleep on my chest or something like that. And before I've even put a thought into it, I'm I'm writing my my post on Facebook in a way that is kind of kind of related to marketing in some way almost Mm -hmm. so so that's been an incredibly useful way of communicating people to get my messaging across in a way that's efficient and and straight to the point very cool very cool and and last question for you who's the best communicator that you'd know either know personally or know of and they could be alive or dead and why do you say that about them so I, I know various copywriters who are incredibly good at communicating. I'm going to go with my coaches are incredibly good at communicating because they can see, they can spend a little bit of time with a person and understand exactly how they think. I hired a, a new coach very recently and she's, she's a little bit bonkers, but she's absolutely amazing, spends a little <laughs> bit of time with you and she can understand exactly how you're thinking and she'll stop you in the middle of the sentence and basically... It's almost like she's reading your mind and, you know, I, I don't understand how she does it, but 
when I need something explaining or she wants to show me how to do something, she can do it in a way that makes sense to me because I'm wired in a way that's different to a lot of people. I don't think like most people, but she has the ability to communicate in a way that makes sense to me. So I can, you know, it's clear for me. I can go and get that particular task done. Very cool. Cool. So last question, where can folks find you if they want to work with you, if they're interested in the coaching that you provide? Well, fortunately, there's not too many John Paragons around, so I am reasonably (laughs) easy to find. Uh, You can catch me on Facebook and you can catch me on LinkedIn. So check on Facebook, uh, John Paragon. I think it's just forward slash John Paragon. And also on LinkedIn, it's just forward slash John Paragon. So I'm pretty easy to find. I do offer people, if they want to bounce a few ideas around, I'm more than happy to jump on a call. You know, absolutely no sales pitch from me. That doesn't work for me. That's not my style. Unless you ask, I'm more than happy to jump on a call, bounce ideas around. I'll give you a few tips. I'm happy to look at what you've got going on. You know, this is this is kind of what I enjoy and love anyway. So I'm happy to do that. Very cool. We'll take John up on that. Guys, check him out. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. I think I learned a ton just about a variety of things, right? How to grow a business, how to manage the communication process through that, and 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 how to coach others a little bit as well. We got into that and some of the key aspects around how to help folks find their best path forward. I think help, helping them focus, right? With so many things going on around them. So thank you for that. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.